Hey, I'm Jenny Barr. And I'm Kim Godfrey. We're friends, former teachers, and homeschool moms ourselves who host the Homeschool Well podcast. We talk about topics that are important to homeschool moms so that you can be your child's best teacher. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Homeschool Well podcast, how to make a homeschool transcript for high school. What exactly is a high school transcript? How is it created? And what are the basics? We are going to boil them down and we're going to help you be empowered to know that you were born for this. If you decided to homeschool your kids through high school, you are going to be able to create an amazing homeschool transcript for them. Let's start with scripture because we always start there and it always gives us amazing perspective. So we found John 21 verse 25, and this is the ESV version. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we're relating this to the high school homeschool transcript because it's intimidating to feel like you need to write every single thing down or what do you choose to write down. But think about God, how he ordained the Bible. Everything that Jesus did is not in there. And we can imagine from the things, the miracles that are written in there, we can imagine how amazing it would have been to follow him all the days that he was on the earth and see the other things that he did. So this is the motivation, the thought pattern behind uh, creating this high school transcript. We want you to know that you are going to be able to choose just a few things that will give insight on one piece of paper, the amazing things that your child has done. All right. So what exactly is a high school transcript? It's just a form. It's a document. It has the course names that your student took through high school, the grades they earned, and that's turned into credits, which you will learn how to average into a grade point average. And it sounds pretty simple. However, it does bring some fear and confusion to homeschool moms. And we know that Jenny and I experienced this firsthand, even as college graduates who saw our own transcripts. Somehow, when it came to making these for our children, we just were overwhelmed at first. So we're going to take the fear and confusion out of the process for you. Let's start at the beginning. First, you need to know or have an idea of where your child wants to land after high school. Help them figure this out or at least get top three ideas. It doesn't have to be that their future goals are cemented in stone before they start taking high school courses, you can modify and tweak the courses that they take. But ultimately, you want them to be able to end their high school career with a transcript that is useful for their next steps. So take time to look with your child at the admissions requirements for any further education that they might be interested in or qualifications for employment if they're wanting to just join the workforce or maybe some vocational schools that align with their interests and passions. Look at what these entities require, and that will guide the courses that they take in high school, which will in turn guide 
the contents of the transcript. Makes sense, right? They want a usable document when they get done with high school. Once this coursework begins, you are going to want to keep a list of what they do. This is a working list throughout the years of their high school. And basically the transcript, the final copy, you don't need it until the culmination of their high school years. But this is definitely something that you do not want to wait till the last minute. You want to get your hands on what it looks like now so that you can wrap your brains around it, what you need to like start collecting as you're going. And then you just keep adding to it every year. It's a build on document, whether you keep it on paper or you keep it in a digital file. If you've never seen what a transcript looks like, you can go to our blog, titled the same name as this podcast at thehomeschoolwell.com slash blog, how to make a homeschool transcript for high school. And we have a blank sample there, a template, and we also have one that is filled in. Um, so just get your eyes on it and it will take away the overwhelm. That was my problem when I started. It was this ambiguous thing but once I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, duh, I know exactly what that is. Get this working document going so that you can have plenty of time. And when they're done, high school's finished, you've got this squeaky clean, amazing version that uh, you've been working on and it's just an amazing achievement. So get started, go look at those things again on our blog and you will see a couple of samples. All right, you're ready to begin. You need the homeschool transcript must-haves. And we basically are boiling this down to three main points. Must-have number one will be credits. Must-have number two will be GPA, weighted and unweighted. Must-have number three will be collecting and keeping more than just data. Let's look at the first must-have credits. Credit is a number that translates to the achievement level of each course that a student completes. Each state has uniquely established the amount of credits needed to graduate from high school. For a quick grasp on this, check out the chart from the National Center for Education Statistics and Education Commission of the States. You can find a direct link to that chart on our website blog. We know when you started homeschooling, you took the time to find out about the laws that are unique to your state of residence, and this rings true for graduation from high school as well. Each state has a different amount of credits, it looks like. It's just crazy to just take a look at that graph. So homeschoolers are used to thinking outside of the box, and that really comes into play here when you're attaching names to the courses that your students are taking so that you can assign that course the credits. It's pretty straightforward when they finish most of their Algebra 2 book and that class is going to be called Algebra 2. But for example, a semester of private music lessons with a showcase of their talent along with all the practice hours that they put in could become a half credit toward a fine arts elective or like participating in a year-long club that studies, researches, and collects insects could count as entomology towards a science credit. Remember, a transcript outlines a student's achievements and strengths regardless of if it looks formal or traditional. 
nailing down the courses that they need circles back up to where we talked about their end goals. So again, if you have a child that really wants to get into the number one state university and yet they are working on courses that will qualify them to go to vocational school, there is a gap there. So beyond what the state requires, be sure your child knows the specific requirements and is motivated to work towards those things that will make them a good candidate to be admitted into what they want to do next in their life. Help them be prepared. And also what will help them stand out. I love John Maxwell and he says there is a battle for mediocrity in the world. And part of being excellent is knowing how to stand out and what the field of admissions looks like for the next step beyond high school. Okay, we've talked about what a credit is and how to best assign the course names so that you can give a credit. And I'm gonna to touch on very briefly about getting to the magic number involved with this credit. So the standard way of getting to a number that equates to a credit for achievement is called a Carnegie unit. Yes, Carnegie Hall, practice, 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 right? No, this is a little different. The Carnegie unit has been used since 1906 to measure the amount of time a student has studied a subject. It states that a total of about 120 hours in one subject earns the student one unit of high school credit and that 14 units was the minimum amount of preparation that could be interpreted as, quote, four years of academic or high school preparation, unquote. This is a good foundation. And you can use this perspective when dealing with all the creative ways that we as homeschoolers educate our children. 120 hours in one subject. And if you're then going to talk about making that subject an honors level course, where it's worth more value, and we'll talk about that when we talk about weighted GPAs or grade point averages. It's gonna be rigorous, 120 hours, or maybe even a little more of work in one subject. Rigorous and multifaceted, where it's not just a child is reading for 120 hours. No, you know, there has to be evaluation of some sort in the way of uh, verbal or nonverbal tests, some essays that they're writing, maybe they're doing a presentation. There's just so many ways that we as homeschoolers are creative and we need to embrace the fact that life as a homeschooler outside of the four walls and the desk definitely equates to credits. Rich educational experiences equal units of learning. So keep this in mind as a baseline and just know that you're doing credits. Your child's work is adding up to credits. Expect them to work at a rigorous pace and level and, you know, not one that's beyond their ability level, not one that's going to frustrate and burden them, but at a level where they're motivated and excited because the topic of learning is something that they love. And in that way, it's not all about these numbers and these formulas. 
your child is creating an intrinsic love of learning that will just grow as they get older. And it's our job to translate that into this transcript of credits and numbers, which sound overwhelming, but honestly, the more time you spend thinking this way and looking at transcripts and talking to other people, this is what we do in our member group. Jenny and I have a very creative mindset. We both, with both of our children, we have been able to hone in on what will keep them motivated and what will also translate as curriculum and rigorous academic endeavors that are also rich and rewarding and again, creating that intrinsic love of learning. Oh, I'm geeking out, but it just, it makes me so, it just makes my heart full to to be able to look at this dry formula that was created in 1906, but then see beyond it all of the opportunities um, and ways to just not only make a beautiful homeschool journey, but make an excellent transcript. All right, transcript must have number two, GPA, weighted and unweighted. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Don't be worried. I'm going to boil this down for you and maybe it might even be fun. All right, so the credits earned are used to compute a student's grade point average or GPA. This is a basic calculation. Each grade stands for a number earned. So you have letters, A, B, C, D, no Fs, all right? Uh, and then you have numbers that correspond with those letters. Those numbers are added together, then they're divided by the number of points possible to get a student's average grade. This can be done with a basic calculator, but there's also online tools available which will compute the GPA for you. Yes, they're free. We have a link to one on our blog. It's calculator.net. Go to that website and you probably have to search for GPA calculator. I like that one. It didn't have a lot of ads flashing in my face and things going on. It was very straightforward, but there's tons of options. You do not need to pay for this, okay? Uh, GPA calculator, there's probably a free app for this. And also there are transcripts like an Excel sheet that will calculate the GPA for you. You just plug it into the column um, and kablamo, it does the calculation for you, okay? Now, GPA can be calculated according to the difficulty level of a course that the student has completed. And that's where the two variations come into play of unweighted and weighted GPA. An unweighted GPA cannot be more than 4.0. Each course is worth a standard value. A weighted GPA takes into account the level of difficulty of the course. For example, honors level, classes, advanced placement or AP courses, which by the way, are only available through the company college board, as well as college dual enrollment. Those courses carry more value, which can raise the GPA above 4.0. And this is where you get these kids with these crazy high GPAs are almost 5.0 because the class that they took has more academic rigor, and therefore it is worth more, okay? That makes sense. 
unweighted GPA is just a standard 4.0 or lower. It's never going to be higher. A weighted GPA means that your child has taken a class that has more academic rigor than just a general class, and therefore it has more value, which is going to raise the GPA above 4.0. This is a great time for a little bit of an example. And if you go to our blog, again, you can find a link to homeschooling for college credit is where I'm reading this from about the difference between remedial, regular honors and AP classes and how to calculate the weight of a course as such. So I'm just going to read about the honors high school courses. Honors high school course. A course carrying an honors distinction is often the same curriculum as regular classes, but with additional topics or some topics in greater depth. Here's what it can look like on your transcript. Be sure to use the tag honors in the course title, award regular grades like A, B, C, plus or minuses are optional, and then award a regular number of credits, half or one, depending on if they did it for half a semester or a whole year or that equivalency of time, and then choose between regular GPA, which would be a 4.0 scale, or a weighted GPA, which would be a 4.5 scale. I'll compare it with the AP high school course, and the AP course could be weighted up to 5.0 scale. The weighted GPA is an important way to communicate that a student was motivated and willing to complete challenging courses. Weighted GPAs usually use a five-point scale, and some schools might even go up to a six-point scale. This larger scale allows your student to convey with a number that they have achieved a higher level class that requires more rigor and greater understanding. Now, for homeschoolers, you as the parents are serving as the guidance counselor to the student. You are gonna help them decide which subjects, which classes, which academic rigor level that they want to take to meet their goals after high school. This is an ongoing conversation, right? This should start early, but if you already have kids in high school, don't stress out. Some of us didn't even start college until you know, a year after high school. That was me and I'm doing just fine, okay? Don't stress, just know that you are going to be guided to create these values of the courses that your students take. And if they're taking more traditional courses, it's all outlined anyway. High quality homeschool curriculum will explain that usually in the teacher's edition, the manuals, they will outline exactly what the student needs to complete in the curriculum for you to consider it an honors level course compared to it just being a regular level course. Even non-traditional courses that you create, you're going to look at the standard courses as a model. You're gonna think of that 120 hours in your mind and you're gonna take it from there. So if, again, if you go to our website, you will see a high school transcript that has been completed that will help you wrap your mind around this even more so.
There's also a link to an excellent resource called Homeschooling for College Credit. A ton of stuff on that website that you can look at to help you get more of a grasp on creating a GPA for your child. And I'm going to repeat what I said before, that the most important thing is that you and your child know their end goals. They're motivated to work towards them and they target the GPA requirements for admissions to a school that they want to go to or um, a, a technical program that they'd like to enter. Uh, is the GPA requirement weighted or is it unweighted? All right, transcript must have number three, collecting and keeping more than just data. So the transcript is really just that one form. It's just one reflection of your child's achievements through high school. It's also important to keep record of activities that go beyond grades, such as keeping a portfolio. And this is not just because portfolios have become an important part of not just college admissions, but in the employment application process as well, because portfolios give a holistic representation of the student. In addition, students are bolstered by this record of their educational experiences in so many ways. These are experiences that formed their character. It outlines their hobbies, the things that help them stay well-rounded, not just these numbers that go on their transcript. These records can also help you to formulate a few brief narratives for my daughter's ninth grade high school transcript, I found a template that had a little box for a few brief sentences that we took from her portfolio record, and it just helped her gifts and talents and her uniqueness shine on that one little piece of paper because after all, students are more than just numbers. Portfolios are amazing also for just treasured memories. You know, everybody loves a scrapbook, right? So think of it as just a scrapbook with power because it's also, in my daughter's experience, it relieved her of the need to come up with topics for college application essays. She could go back and look at her portfolio to remember talking points that she would be able to bring up in interviews. This goes along with any other kind of uh, interview for a job or a position in an organization or a club that your child might one day become involved in. It's just a good idea for them to have this portfolio of record from their education so that they can remember everything, right? God knows we need help remembering things. He told the Israelites to do that, right? When you cross the river, make a memorial to me so that you don't forget I am the one who holds you, right? That is a lofty comparison. Um, I just know the power of the portfolio. So the best way to keep the narrative records that go into a portfolio is to have a plan in place for where to save your items from their experiences beforehand. Here are some examples of things that you'll wanna save in a portfolio. Certificates, programs from showcases that they may have been in, uh, flyers, from events that they volunteered at, uh, brochures where they may be entered, an art contest or something, tickets to a show or a presentation that they were involved in, or something that they attended that really made an impact on their life, uh, photographs, emails from other people that they worked alongside of 
or email receipts of events that they went to that were an important and special part of their educational journey. For paper files, you can use file folders or a binder. And for digital files, you can use uh, documents or drives, file folders in Google, email labels, photo albums, social media pages or accounts that might be private. The important part is, is before the school year gets started, get those empty shells labeled and ready, your student's name, high school, and then the year that it is and the grade that they are in. So boom, you've got it right there on your computer, in your binder. Those are just catch-alls. As the things come to you, there's no wondering where you're gonna keep it because you just file it where it belongs. And at the end, you can clean it all up and make it polished if you want to, or, or you just have it on hand, you keep it for them to use as a resource like I talked about earlier. Now, one of the most beneficial things that was ever said to me by a veteran homeschool mama was for me to help my child receive each school year a letter of recommendation from at least one adult each year of high school. This gives valuable feedback from others who the student has engaged with, who can testify to their character, especially ask them to relate specifically to a certain attribute that your student displayed while they were working alongside of them, like maybe their leadership skills or their compassion and empathy for other people or animals, if they were volunteering with animals. Uh, were they a self-starter or self-motivated? Uh, were they very willing to help uh, and just went that extra mile? Remember, I told you I love John Maxwell, and this is where being excellent and making your uh, resume and your college application stand out because your child will have this record of each year of high school and maybe even before that of different aspects of how they helped other people. Okay, you homeschool mama cannot write them a letter of recommendation nor can their father or their grandparents, okay? Even if they work for their grandparents and the grandparents own the business, get somebody else in that business to write the letter of recommendation. Not from family. You wanna get these from people in various positions, like an employer that they worked under, someone that they volunteered with at church or at the community center or at the library, a teacher of their, one of their favorite classes or their dance instructor, one of their counselors from summer camp, all different areas of the community um, and, and find an adult that they liked. Don't ask for a letter of recommendation from someone who is not going to write a glowing letter of recommendation. That's totally okay. And I also want to put my plug in for grades as well. You know, if your child is motivated um, yet struggling, and they really want a, a B instead of a C, give them opportunity to earn that B and make it attainable for them. Quality letters of recommendation going back several years is the cherry on top of this portfolio. Transcripts are just numbers, but a student needs memories to make those numbers connect with their achievements, and this will allow them to feel confident and that their education was of stellar quality because it was homeschool mama. You did a great job. Pat yourself on the back and let this portfolio speak for itself. Everything they ever did is not written down in the portfolio. Just a few choice things so that they can go to the next step of their life 
feeling confident, and this is what I always tell my kids, that they are interviewing whoever they go to an interview of. The school or the place of employment or the volunteer organization will be lucky to get their excellent work ethic and character into their organization. So your, your child, my children, need to be picky about who they give their time to. And these uh, papers that show what they've done in the past, this is the link that just brings it all together and ties it up in a beautiful bow. Mm. There you have it. There's your three homeschool transcript must-haves. Credits, GPA, and collecting and keeping more than just data. Let these tips empower you and motivate you that creating these transcripts is not as overwhelming as it sounds, that it's an opportunity to help your child shine, to build their confidence as they have this collection of their educational accomplishments, and that it could possibly lead to scholarship dollars for further education. It is well worth the effort. And Homeschool Mama, you have been called to do this. There are helpful resources available to help you learn or refine your skills in this and to make them become a seamless part of your homeschool days throughout their high school journey. And if you need more help, we are here for you. Don't hesitate to reach out with any questions that you might have. We are cheering you on and here to help homeschooling be easier and actually enjoyable. We hope to see you soon. Are you looking for a place to connect with other homeschool moms? Well, we have a platform where members gather to support each other throughout their homeschool journeys. Moms just like you. We even have a spot for your kids to interact online in privacy and safety. So head over there and start creating community. Homeschoolwell.com.